like you, uh, uh, being in Scripture, and many of you have known the Lord for a long time, and read Scripture several times, and you've won awards for reading through the Bible every year, and just a beautiful, a beautiful time um, that His Spirit leads you through His Word. And um, but then, um, so many times there's um, places you come across in Scripture, and you go, "I've read this a hundred times, but it's taking on a whole, a whole new meaning." And, and this is one of the passages for me. I did not know that today was going to be so dramatic for me and so emotional. Um, but the Lord has arranged this this time, um, including our native brothers and sisters. Um, those that are called like Cornelius was called that God had been drawing him into the kingdom. And it's, it's, it's giving up the ways of sin and drawing into his kingdom. Every nation, tribe, and tongue are going to bow before the Lord. It's an amazing thing that we get to come across in scripture. And so this morning, it's just been a, a wake up again. Just one more time. How inclusive am I in helping Others, no matter what nationality they are, to come into the Lord and to use their gifts to, to love the Lord. It's, it's an amazing thing. So I stand before you. Um, like many of you, you've got mixed blood inside of you. I stand before you a Lummi native. I stand before you a German. Hi, hi. You know, German. Uh, I've got Swiss blood in me. And so um, many of you, even in that way, God has mixed you up. And uh, so you're called into many groups, but um, where you've come from, is so, it is just amazing. So then there's things that we take from our culture that we grew up that may not be honoring to the Lord. And we, we lay that aside and we bring a new tradition of honoring the Lord first in our lives, right? And that's one of the biggest struggles uh, out at Lummi is what is okay to do still uh, and then what isn't? And, and so there's this, just show me, Lord. This is an amazing thing. So I want to talk to you about an arranged meeting that you had. And, and just think about this for a minute. Uh, there's many times that you, there's been a meeting that's been arranged for you. And maybe some of you, it was employment. That it wasn't that you had high marks in school and you were sought after, but it was because somebody arranged a meeting because of who they are and then all of a sudden you got the job. An arranged meeting. Isn't that beautiful? There's so many times in our lives that there's been an arranged meeting and we realize when we look back that it was God. He had somehow managed to arrange that meeting. And so then you were given an assignment, as we've been talking about this assignment of Peter and even Cornelius, but this assignment for a certain period of time, and then that door closed and you're on for another assignment, but that arranged meeting. So here's the the beautiful thing about the arranged meeting. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's been an arranged meeting. And the one that spoke truth to you about the gospel of peace through Jesus Christ, that was an arranged meeting. You were set up (laughs) to hear from God. It was an arranged meeting. And ever since that time, 
there's been these other arranged meetings of people specifically for you to help them come into the kingdom of God. Um, we have this saying out at Lummi, for most of you know that we do a Lummi service in the Sunday evenings, and now we're out at Little Bear, and it's a, it's a uh, assisted living, or yeah, sort of, um, a place. They get three meals a day there, and uh, beautiful, beautiful setup. They can see the bay. They look out towards Lummi Island. It's right by the Stomish grounds there. Um, so uh, beautiful, beautiful time, but this arranged meeting, even for us to be there and to share the gospel, uh, arranged meeting. But you've been set up and it, there's been an arranged meeting. Even today it's been arranged. Even maybe you decided, I'm going to go to church today and I'm going to do my thing today. But it was all arranged by God and you just stepped into that role. And so what is your role in the midst of that? But to be that encouragement and that hope for one another that's part of the arranged meeting. Okay. So, in the story we've been going through, where Cornelius, a Roman uh, uh, centurion, he's in charge of at least 600 men, uh, not Jewish at all. God had been leading him into the kingdom. He'd been leading him along, but he had not... Uh, heard about Jesus, that Jesus is the only way. But God was wooing him, and he was fasting and praying to the one true God. Uh, he was honoring the Jewish people. He, and, and so um, he had a vision. He had a vision that there was a man named Peter that was supposed to come, that there was this arranged meeting that he was supposed to come, and he would um, share with him what he needed to know. Isn't that cool? what he needed to know. And you have what people need to know. They need to know Jesus. That's an amazing thing. So uh, as the story goes over the last couple of weeks, we've been reading and, and looking through that, that um, he has this vision, this angelic being uh, speaks to him about Peter sent for him. So he sends three of his trusted servants, I guess two servants and one soldier to go and ask Peter to come. And he tells him exact address where Peter is. He had all the details that God shared with him exactly uh, where he was. And so he goes, while, he, uh, while Peter was there, Peter has this vision and he has this vision about three men coming to him and they want to hear from him. And so in that vision, uh, let's go back and read that. So we are in Acts chapter 10. Verse 9. And so we're just going to recap what happened to Peter as he received this message. The next day, Acts chapter 10, verse 9, the next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray, and it was about the sixth hour, so about noon. He became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were readying the meal for him, uh, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound on four corners, descending to him, let down to the earth, in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him 
and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, no, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Verse 15, And a voice spoke to him again a second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. And this was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius made their inquiry at Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. Verse 19. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius, and he said, Yes, I am whom you seek. For what reason have you come? Verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, who fears God and who has a good reputation among the nations of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear the words from you. He then invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Yope or Joppa um, accompanied him. Okay, so here's our text for today. What an amazing thing. The following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he had called together his relatives and close friends. I'm impressed with that. Thanksgiving, oftentimes it'll be relatives and close friends. So he called these special people to him together, waiting for Peter. Something amazing happened. So here's Peter, what happens with Peter. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Is that incredible? Here's this centurion soldier. What would he be doing that for? People serve him. And he goes and he falls down before Peter and worships him. That's crazy. I'm sure Peter was shocked, right? This fisherman would be shocked walking into this man's house. I'm guessing it was probably a beautiful house. He had many servants, it already said. Um, It was probably very clean. Maybe like uh, Roger's garage, you could eat off the floor. That clean, (laughs) that kind of clean, you know? So here this man falls down before Peter and worships him. Well, Peter isn't going to take that. Praise God, right? Stand up, he says. It's interesting, right? This, this place of, uh, of worship. Do you remember when the devil appeared to Jesus trying to tempt him in the wilderness and Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit when the, when the devil said, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world. All you have to do, all you have to do is one thing. Fall down and worship me. That's what the devil said. And you know what Jesus said? He says, is it written? 
You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And by the way, I left out one part. He said, away from me, Satan. Isn't that beautiful? So this worship, Cornelius didn't understand. He understand that he was supposed to get a message from a very important guy. He saw an, a, a, a vision. He had a divine uh, encounter when he was praying. And so when he sees the man, maybe it was like, it's true. There he is. In the vision, they said, go and get this one named Peter. And they went. They found him. There he is right before me. Uh, diviner, this happened. I was praying, God, you know, <laughs> has that ever happened to you? I, the vision, the dream came true. There he is. And so maybe it was just emotion that he fell down, maybe, but he was certainly going, I saw, this is a divine appointment, a divine meeting right now. There's no doubt about it. You can't explain this away. So, of course, Peter doesn't, Take that, he says in verse 26. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. And he talked with them and he went in and he found many who had come together. Then he said to them, you know that it is unlawful for a Jewish man to keep company with or go into one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. That was completely against everything that Peter thought. Everything that he thought. Why why was Peter so uh, shocked or impressed with that? Let Let me just go into some of the Old Testament with you and show you where some of these things are. Genesis chapter 12. God called a special people group to himself to bring salvation to the world. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. So Genesis, first book in the Bible. Now the Lord said to Abram, leave your... Leave your country and your family and your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Think about that for a minute. You shall be a blessing wherever you go. You are a blessing to those around you, whether they know it or not. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Now, it's because, not because you're so special. It's because of God. And in you, all the nations or all the families of the earth will be blessed. Amen? Amen. Wow. Pretty impressive that God chose this people. But there's something that he said about this people, that they were to be holy. Go to, um, let's see, it's in uh, Leviticus. Leviticus. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Chapter 20. 
Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 20. Verse 26. There was a way that he wanted this chosen people to live in holiness. And he says there in verse 26, and you shall be holy to me. What what do you suppose that means? Well, he explains it here. For I am the Lord, or for I the Lord am holy. You are to be like me? And have separated you from the people that you should be mine. Okay, so the people who are walking away from God, the people who are in sin, and the Bible teaches we've all been there. <laughs> we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No matter how well you've been up, uh, trained up, brought up, and you're acting just right, and you know how to eat with a fork and a knife and a spoon, and you have a napkin instead of your sleeve and your fingers. Do you know that in Sri Lanka, as Andy shared last week, they don't have forks and spoons, and, but they eat with their fingers. And what they do is that there's a main dish and they grab the main dish, they put it on their plate, and while they're talking, they're, they use one hand, they mix it all up, just like, and they mix it while they're talking, and then they put it in their mouth. And if you're a close friend or a relative, they'll put it in your mouth. Is that ungodly or what? That is so ungodly. What kind of people like that? How can they come to Christ eating like that? I've gotten into trouble at my house because I'm trying to eat proper now. And I, instead of using my thumb with my fork, I've been using a knife just to be... A, and Natalie's going, that's not like you, as we both wipe our mouths like that. <laughs> How could God tolerate that ungodly behavior? Wow. But he says, I've called you out from sin, really. That's what's going on. Um, Another scripture. Turn to the book of Psalms, first chapter, Psalm. Psalm number one. This, this is where we separate the men from the boys, so to speak. Psalm number one. Right about in the middle of your Bible. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or the ungodly. Said, so blessed is that man. So it's like you avoid that counsel. And he says, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That's the old way of life. That's sin. The the ungodly, hang out with the ungodly, um, stand in the path of sinners, you're you're in that path with them, or sit at the, the seat of those who talk spitefully and talking about people and that kind of thing. Talk and stink. It says here in verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
What, what is that law of the Lord? It's freedom. It's love. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. It's like he's feeding on it. Look at verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, shall, he shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of ungodly shall perish. So there, I've called you and separated you from the world, from those who are, their practice is sin. That's really what's happening here, okay? So Peter knows this teaching, and he knows that those are out, who are outside the Jewish people group, they're sinners, They're doing ungodly things. They're worshiping idols and they're doing all that stuff. But not this one. Not Cornelius. He's not doing all that stuff. God has been drawing him into his kingdom. So God gives this vision to Peter and says, really, don't call any man unclean because I'm calling them into my kingdom. So don't, so that teaching all of a sudden flipped over, but it's not welcoming the ungodly. It's not going and, oh, condoning the ungodly and saying, yeah, let's gossip and let's talk about people. And let, no, no, they're also called to be holy before the Lord. Um, another passage that just talks about Uh, Just run over a couple of them. You know that passage that says, bad company corrupts good morals. Um, There's another one that said, uh, leaven, the leaven affects the whole dough. And talking about sin like leaven, that it happens. Also talking about being unequally yoked with somebody that's not, doesn't have that base teaching like you, that core of who God is and his love plan. But Romans 12 is a template for the way to live. And the first thing it says in verse 1 and 2, and I don't have time to go through it. I see I've got 15 minutes left. Um, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I urge you, therefore, brothers, and that's believers. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice to God, which is acceptable to him. Holy and present your bodies to God. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, present yourselves holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And that whole chapter, if you want to meditate on something about how do we live this life, there, there it is. Okay. So back to our story in, uh, in Acts where Peter is coming into Cornelius' house. This is why Peter has had reserved until now. Until now, everything's switched. Last week, I talked about how we do church. Sometimes we have this religious thing that says, this is the holy way of doing church. 
is it? Only with all of your heart unto the Lord, only embracing all with all love. We could change this whole thing and we could have a different way of doing church and would it be okay or is it ungodly? The love of God. So he says to Peter, and Peter's been this way the whole time, I'm not associating with the ungodly. But he's saying, no, no. I'm calling people out of that ungodly lifestyle into the kingdom. So open up for the kingdom, Peter. So Peter says, because of that, therefore, in verse 29, so we're back in Acts 10, verse 29, therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for you, for I ask you then, for what reason have you sent me? What reason have you sent me? I want to ask you a question just between you and the Lord right now. What do you want? What do you want? Now, I'm not talking about a new car, but what do you really want from God? More Jesus. Go home. Can't take the car with you. (laughs) What do you really want? It's interesting. I was talking to a young man recently and I asked him that question. And he says, I don't want to be made fun of. Really what he was saying is, I want acceptance. I want to be accepted. And you know, all young people do. Us old people, we don't care anymore, right? No. (laughs) I mean, after a while, it's like, you know, I can't, not everybody's going to be my friend. That's just what it is. But isn't it interesting? I want to be accepted. And so when we have these tender hearts that are still, the clay's still wet, encouragement for them, words of encouragement is the best thing we can do. Not, not words of, wow, they really, you know, this generation, rah, rah, rah. No, it's, we are the hope. And with their tender hearts that we would just, we would be that encouragement. Wouldn't it be great that you, the kids around you would go, Boy, that that person is such an encourager. Every time I see them, they just, I feel so good. I feel accepted. I feel loved. Isn't that amazing? So Peter is asking them, in a way, he's saying, what do you want? What do you want? You sent for me. What, What do you want? This morning, each of you have a core need that God might be meeting that right now. Because watch what happens. Now Cornelius explains to Peter, verse 30. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa, or Yope, and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging at the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak out to you. So I sent 
to you, so I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. He said, we are all present here before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. This question came to me, and I want to pose it to you because I think that the Lord asked me this. If you were given an opportunity to share, there was a group of people that came together and they wanted to hear your message. What would you share? You get an opportunity to share. What would you say to a group of people? What would be your tip for them for living life? What, what is that? What would you share with them? Now, there's a lot of things that come to mind. There was an old uh, TV sitcom years ago where there's this old guy that won millions of dollars and he went into the, high, to the city to live his life now and he was going up on the elevator and they said to this old guy, they said, uh, remember to tip the, the bellhop. And uh, so he's there riding up and the bellhop stands there, holds out his hand and he looks at him and he says, okay. It's a tip you want. Plant your corn early. And he goes on. <laughs> Plant your corn early. You know, sometimes we don't realize that we have those moments, those meeting times that God has arranged, and we talk about planting corn when we should be talking about Jesus, the lover of your soul. You know, we have those meetings that he has set up for you and for me. And oftentimes I forfeit them, oftentimes. But what is the core? What, what should you really be sharing instead of the stock market and talking about this and that and the other thing? You're given an opportunity to speak, speak about Jesus because he's the only way to life. And he gives us this new life to live. Everybody needs love. Everybody needs it. And you have the message. So then Peter opens his mouth and listen to the gospel. He brings out the gospel and he shares, he shares truth. Let's see, I wrote down. He shares truth. He shares every nation. He shares righteousness. He shares the fear of the Lord, which means obedience. Uh, he shares peace. He shares Jesus, Messiah, he shares the Holy Spirit, he shares the resurrection, he shares that Jesus is the judge, and he shares that Jesus is the one who forgives your sin. Let's read it, beginning at verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. There it is. Every nation, tribe, and tongue. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. That God is working in them. Anybody that's doing right and is feared, God, they fear God, he's working in their life like Cornelius. So in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Peace. 
I'm not at war with you. I'm at peace because of Jesus. Peace. That's amazing that when Jesus sent out the disciples, he sent them out talking about the kingdom of God and talking about peace, acceptance, love. That's the kingdom of God. And then they share it's only through Jesus. And that's what disrupts everybody. But verse 37 no, 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 let me just stop at the end. He said, he is Lord of all. So here's the deal. You know what Lord means? Is that you can't do anything without getting permission from the Lord. So the question I had to ask myself is, am I getting permission from the Lord for everything that I do and say? He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Am I? Verse 37, that the word you know which was proclaimed throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism of John, which John preached, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Oppressed by the devil means you can't, you're held down, you can't, there's, the joy is gone, you can't find that peace. And he set them free. 39, and we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging him on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he, it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness through his name, whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness or remission of sins. Amen? Amen. We've got nothing on anybody. He's the one that forgives. Then we forgive. So here's the amazing thing that happened. The truth of all that Peter shared that day with this heathen group of people who God was drawing the truth came down upon them by the way of the Holy Spirit. And you know what they began to do? They began to speak in their mother tongue. They began to speak out the glory of God. They began to magnify God. This heathen group of people started to praise the Lord and started to give praise and honor to the God that loves, that forgives, that is the judge. Listen to this. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, those of the Jews, who believed were astonished. And as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. What? For they heard them speak with tongues and they magnify God. This isn't a prayer language here, just in case. These tongues, it's a language, right? And they magnified God. Then Peter said, 
Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who had received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. I don't know if you realized it, but there was a divine encounter by Peter. There was a divine encounter by Cornelius. There's a divine encounter by these people right here that they were with Cornelius. A divine encounter meant that there was confirmation through the Holy Spirit that these words were true. And this was a new way of living life. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began, they couldn't stop proclaiming Jesus. They couldn't stop proclaiming him. Now, could it be that that's happening right now in this room? Could it be there's a divine encounter happening with us right now? That these words that are true that I'm reading, that we're, you're reading, that we're looking at, that I'm preaching, are true? Amen. And that our life is about being transformed like Peter into all nations, Amen. into loving people into the kingdom, wherever we are. So let me, um, we say this, we say, you know what, our mission is for our Lummi people to come to Jesus. But if anybody else gets in the way, they can come too. You know? And that's really it for us, right? Whoever else gets in the way, bless them. Bless them. It was a divine meeting. So what about you and me today? Has this been a divine encounter? That we're not to stay the same. I don't want to be the same I am today next year transform that's what he does he transforms us so that the spirit of christ goes we receive and it goes out and we understand our calling so then he asked them to do this baptism and you know what that really is i was just trying to condense it that is uh, a dedication it's saying from this time on, I'm going to live for the Lord. Really. You know, the baptism of the old ways, you're in the water and you come up and it's new. It's, it's really uh, dedicating your life to God. And you know, I believe we have to do that every day, but if you're in this room here today and you have never really dedicated your life to God, and sure we can do the baptism, but baptism's happens after the heart, right? The heart's decision, what's in your heart and mind. So then I'm going to ask you this question. Are you dedicated to God? Everything about you, your finances, everything, he owns it all anyways. Are you dedicated to God? Have you, have you arrived at that point? And if you haven't, today's the day. And because Everything's going to change. You're going to see things you never saw before. You're going to experience things you never experienced before. To be totally dedicated to Jesus. That's what Peter commanded them to do, really. So, I I have three questions. If you've never received the forgiveness of your sin through Jesus Christ, today's the day. It's true. Anyone who believes on Jesus receives the forgiveness of your sins. And you don't have to remember them anymore. They're gone. 
He has readied you for heaven. You are made holy before him. If you've never done that, I want to pray a prayer and you, just between you and God, you can say, I, I don't, up to this point, I never really thought I could be forgiven for what I've done. Well, I don't know who's talking to you, but according to God's word, you can be forgiven. So if you've never really believed that you are forgiven, you can be forgiven today. If you've never really submitted Jesus as Lord, in, the, in uh, Romans it says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the punishment of sin. Really, that's what that is. For with the heart man believes resulting in righteousness, living a righteous, holy life. And with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. And then verse 13 says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, Cornelius and anyone else that gets in the way can be saved. It's through Jesus, the only way. And then you begin to live and be trained to live this new life of love and encouragement for those around you that need it. So last week I was helping Natalie teach a Good News Club that we sponsor at Skyline. And there's this little six-year-old boy and he's a handful. He can't sit still. He's gotten better than last year. And uh, so I, I'm there in the group while Natalie's teaching and I'm like, quiet, now listen to the teacher. I'm doing this thing, you know, crowd control. Natalie's taught Marsha control, right, sister? That's what Marsha does for some of our clubs. She just walks in and all the kids go, okay. So Natalie was teaching about creation. And some of these kids, there's about five kids. And uh, Natalie says, do you know how he created everything? And they were coming up with ideas, and she said, he spoke, and it was created. And there was about five of them that said, no, no. They said, yeah, all he did was speak. Let there be light, and there was light. That's beautiful. This little guy in front of me, he's, he was, we were all sitting down. He looked straight up at Natalie, and after the rest of the kids were going, I can't believe that, he just sat there and he went, Wow, that's beautiful. And I said, Holy Spirit moment for that six-year-old that it resonated. It's like, who is this God that created all things? Who created you and me to love any nation, tribe, and tongue, anybody that gets in the way, love them into the kingdom. So I don't know about you, but I've been talking to people lately and they're going, I don't have time to mess around anymore. We don't know how how long we have, but I really need to dedicate my life to the Lord. I really, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit's power because I can't do it. I've been doing it for too long on my own strength, on my own knowledge. I've read through the Bible several times, but you know, you can't do it without the Holy Spirit filling you. And when that happens, you're full of love and compassion for those around you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, wow, you're beautiful. 
Why would you choose somebody like me, Lord? You're beautiful. No, I can't pay you back, but Lord, I, I need your Holy Spirit. And I don't know how much time I have, but Lord, I want to serve you with all my heart. And you need to help me because I don't know how to do that. Lord, I pray for that person in this room here that really didn't believe that they could be forgiven. I thank you, Lord God, that you're making that truth with them right now, that they're forgiven. doesn't matter how deep they went. They don't have to remember it anymore because of believing in Jesus Christ, him crucified and risen again. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for those in this room right now with eyes closed, heads bowed, if you're in this room right now and you just want to say, I dedicate my life to the Lord. Now, whether you've done that before or not, if you want to just make that statement with nobody else looking, just, just between you and the Lord and me, Raise, raise your hand and say, I dedicate my life to the Lord. If that's you in this room and you're just saying, I dedicate my life to you, Jesus, raise your hand. Now, whether you've done that a hundred times, do it again right now with me. If you're on board and say, I dedicate my life to you, Lord. Lord, we just bless your name. We thank you. We thank you that nothing stays the same, but everything changes the message is always the same while everything is changing. So, Lord, we thank you for meeting us here, for arranging this meeting today. Lord, if this was our last day, may we rejoice in it and be glad. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen.